0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: Yes, you can. Rolling along. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. As always, we're live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. couple of messages I would like to pass along quickly before we move on to other business, including... I got Aaron Rodgers on here. I got James Harden. It's been nuts today. We had the major breaking news out of Cleveland. We've talked a lot about Deshaun Watson. Could that wind up being the worst contract of all time? To me, it feels like Deshaun Watson, there's a big picture and a little picture discussion. The little picture is what impact does it have on this season? The big picture is, um, is this shaping up to be the worst deal we've ever seen? And, you know, when Evan was in here a minute ago, Hembo, just to sidetrack myself again, because I seem to do that very well, Mm. um, he made an interesting comment. So on their show this morning, Canty said this is shaping up to be the worst trade in football history, and it could. The flip side of that is that it's still got a minimum of three years left, right? Right. So if we live in a world where his shoulder gets healed and he comes back next year, if he leads them to one Super Bowl, it will be one of the great trades ever. The Cleveland Browns have not won the Super Bowl in ever. The Super Bowl has been around since the late 60s. The Browns have not been in it. They've not won it. They've disbanded and come back as a franchise since the last time they won a football championship. They're one of the the foundational franchises of American professional sports. I still remember Eric Mangini when he got that job going, the Cleveland freaking Browns. And those of us who appreciate sports history feel that way. They are the Browns of Jim Brown. They are the Browns of of, of all this historical significance. But what they never do is win. Not in the lifetime of practically anyone who's still alive. So you say to yourself, is one championship worth it? Well, for, I think for any franchise, one championship is worth whatever you have to give up for it. But for that franchise, it certainly is. So while it right now is trending toward being among the worst trades ever, if they win one title because of it, it immediately flips to being one of the best. Do you buy that? I do. Uh,
3: the last time they won a championship was December 27th, uh, 1964. So it's been a minute. He's right, and you're right, but it's not going to happen. It's very—I mean, at least it's very unlikely to happen because Deshaun Watson isn't good. Also, it was impossible to root for, and that's what makes the decision— His being
2: impossible to root for has nothing to do with whether or not they win a championship. The isn't good part is the part that matters. Plenty of people who are are hard to root for win championships. That's that's not what's in question. I
3: want to pin you down here because I have friends like you do that root for this team, that root in this market— and they can't root for the guy like they have a very difficult time doing it you're telling me that if deshaun watson led the browns to a super bowl it would be 100 as satisfying as if anyone else did
2: <sighs> okay but now you're putting that into the equation like I- i'm only talking about this from the standpoint of in the in the annals of cleveland browns franchise history you will look at it when when, when you 50 years from now when the history of this is all written you, you will talk about this as being the acquisition that won them a championship, not the one that cost them all of this draft capital and all the rest. of it. Look, if Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, who are starting to figure it out, let's use them because I mean, some people don't root for Russell and don't like him. But the circumstances are obviously vastly different. So let's use him. That's going to be one of the great trades ever. If he wins a championship, right, it'll have been well worth it. it. They traded for a quarterback, got him, and won the title.
3: It's funny you mention it because right now you and I have that as the 10th most lopsided trade in sports history. The Russell Wilson yeah,
2: Yeah. This one is trending towards being more than that. We're going to have to update that. (laughs) (laughs) that, that The book hasn't been published yet. (laughs) That that brings us to what I want to get to next. So a couple of uh, housekeeping items before I get into the Aaron Rodgers stuff. First of all, and we talked about it yesterday, the ESPN Bet app launched yesterday, and I am a part of it. Um, they've asked a few of us to be connected to it if we were comfortable doing so, and I am more than comfortable. I explained it yesterday. I have been in favor of and campaigning for legalized gambling in this country going back to the 90s when I was first started hosting talk shows in Chicago. I've always felt this was something people were doing and wanted to do and that we should take it out of the darkness and put it into the light and regulate it and do it the right way. And so you're placing bets with reputable people and places rather than some guy on the corner. And I've always been in favor of that. And so I'm delighted to be a part of this. If you go, if you download the new ESPN bet app, you're going to see a weekly prop bet, a market we're calling it, called Seeing Green. And this week it's a special, special odds boost that I will get you if you want to make a play on combined yards and touchdowns for Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson tomorrow night. And There'll be a different one every week. And I will say, as I do every single time, because I know that problems with gambling can become a major, major issue, as can problems with many other things, if not done um, within reasonable limits. To me, it's a very, very simple message. You should never, ever, under any circumstances, wager money you cannot easily afford to lose. And if you don't ever break that rule, don't ever violate that rule, I don't think you'll ever have a problem. And if you do find yourself violating that rule, or you do find yourself unable to stop violating that rule, seek help immediately because these things can be very serious. And I take it seriously and everybody should. But anyway, that's the first message. It's about uh, ESPN uh, Bet, the app. Uh, The second is that Hembo's and I's book, we have spoken to the people at our publisher because we did so well with it when it came out. And then there's been this lull and now the holiday season has come around. And so they are doing special pricing on it again. So if you go to the top of my Twitter page right now, pinned to the top of the page, I have a link for you to find easily. If you're looking for a holiday gift for a sports fan in your life who likes sports history and sports debate, then I think we've got your number. Quite literally, the book is called Got Your Number, and again, the link to order it is right now available uh, at the top of my, pinned to the top of my Twitter page, and um, you can actually order it from any site you want. We're doing a special with the publisher, so we hope that you will enjoy it. If you've not already received it, or you think you know someone who would like it for Christmas uh, this year, then uh, we always appreciate the support. So those are two quick messages here. Now let's get into other business. I'm sorry, what? What, what,
0: what? I'm sorry,
1: What, what? I'm
0: sorry. What? I'm sorry. What?
2: Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee yesterday continuing to say what I've been telling you for a week. No,
1: there's no set date. I mean, it could could change. If I have a great week, you know, this week and next week, that could be accelerated. If we are not in it in three or four weeks, that could take it a different way. But I expect us to be in it, and I expect to come back. So that's about all I can tell you at this point.
2: So that's Aaron Rodgers once again. For all the people who have called me crazy, delusional, everything else, you're going to call him that? I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he is crazy and delusional, and this is insane, and he doesn't really have any chance to come back. But I don't have any way of knowing that. I've been telling you for weeks that he has every intention of coming back. So that's what's happening. Now the question is, is the team going to be worth coming back to? The Jets are right now four and five. If they are something like five and seven, five and eight, I would beg him not to come back. I would say, Aaron coming from a person who lives and dies with this team, don't do it. It's not worth the risk. If they suddenly catch a little fire here, if they get hot, if they play a little better, however it is that comes about, and they find themselves above 500, at or above 500 in three or four weeks, which, again, I think is super unlikely, then I think he's coming back. And, and for better or for worse, you will hold your breath every time anyone comes near him, and frankly, with that injury, even when they don't. But that's what I think is going to happen, or at minimum, I'm I'm positive, and you're hearing it from him now, so you can make stop making fun of me and make fun of him. He definitely believes it.
3: If <laughs> if the Jets have any chance, and I mean any chance at making the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back because I think as much of this, I think as much of this is him proving it to himself, him proving it to the world, as it is the Jets making a run at things. Like I really. I really believe that Aaron Rodgers views himself and every decision that he makes now as being very legacy centric. And this is the kind of thing. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers, you know, heroically comes back and leads the jets to the playoffs against all odds, I mean, it would be, it would be one of the great things that someone has ever done within a season. It would be completely unprecedented. I actually played Aaron Rodgers at 30 to one to win comeback player of the year. A couple weeks back when they posted lines on that board, I feel pretty good. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and does something
2: approximating that, He's got a real chance to win that award. Well, listen, I mean, again, and, and were you one of those mocking me when I first started saying this? Uh, mocking is a strong word, but I thought it was really
3: unlikely because it's never happened before. And I felt it important to keep you grounded and be pragmatic. But look, you're right. You're saying the same thing that he's saying now. Does it mean you're going to be right? Well, I guess it means that you were right in so far as he thinks he can do That's it. That's it.
2: That's all I was saying. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what he can and can't do. I was telling you what he thought he could do. And I think that matters, or at least he thinks it matters, so we'll see where it all goes from there. All right, next order. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Someone asked a really good question in our morning meeting today, and I want to bring it out here. I think it was Jay Williams who said this out loud in our meeting, and we just got to kick it in around. Name the athlete recently, like something in recent memory, or the most recent athlete who has done as much damage to his or her own image, as James Harden has in the last two years. James Harden is a player that Hembo was trying to make an argument a few weeks ago as a top 25 player of all time. And in Hembo's defense, the numbers would suggest he's been that good. The place that he falls off is with all of the other nonsense that doesn't come with the 25 best players of all time. And the nonsense has overtaken the good. He's now gone to the Clippers, and they can't get out of their own way. They're awful. They have not won a game since he got there. He showed up and said, I'm not a system player. I am the system. Even Kawhi Leonard might have had a lot to say about that. Imagine being Kawhi and Paul George and Russell Westbrook and James Harden trying to figure out how you're going to share one basketball. Imagine being their coach, Ty Lu and figuring out how you're going to talk them into doing it. But let's make it a question, because I like it. What is the athlete who comes to mind? Cam, I think I'll start with you. Can you think of one, Bubba? Anyone? Throw it in there. Can you name an athlete in relatively recent memory that has done as much damage to their own image as Harden has done in the last couple of years?
4: It depends what we're considering, because at the top of the arrow, we just talked about Deshaun Watson.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. So let, let's talk about on. Let's talk about within the parameters of sports stuff. Yeah. There have been players who have committed serious crimes, all, all, all that kind of stuff. That's not what I mean. Yeah. I, I don't mean any of the COVID stuff, the Kyrie stuff. The, the, those are different things. I grant they are different. Um, they are meaningful, important, in some ways infinitely more important. Let the, but, but to your point, let's keep this within the sort of normal parameters of sports stuff, guys demanding trades, guys you know refusing to play, guys doing that kind of stuff, just playing incredibly badly um or behaving badly as teammates or or that sort of thing so so your point is well taken I'm glad you made it because I'm sure a lot of people were thinking that but if we were to keep that sort of piece of it out is there one you can think of
3: who comes to mind well the answer is no because James Harden as you know I think is is a is a top 25 we'll say conservatively top 50 player of all time like if you're looking at the food chain, he's he's at the very top of it, not just for this era, literally for all time. And that's why a player who has, I think, quite literally quit on three teams in two years, I just can't think of a person who's who's done as much as he has in the game historically to undermine his own legacy so much. And I think it's going to continue to get worse because now he's at the point where the Clippers are much worse directly because of him and Sort of public sentiment is so strong against him that I think we're looking at the sort of end of James Harden. Like, Barry Bonds reached a point at the end of his career where major league owners said, "Like we can't, we can't sign this guy because it's just not worth it." We might be seeing like the end of James Harden, even though I think he thinks he's got one more big contract left in him. What did you say, Bubs?
1: I, I got one to throw out there. I think would be Antonio Brown. Yeah, I Antonio mean, he, Brown. he obviously was extremely talented, unbelievable. You watch the stuff in Pittsburgh. He was unbelievable, and then he's out of the league now, and he's a completely different player and different person, and run out of two different teams, and his action it was basically self inflicted. And
2: no, that's a good one. I Ben Simmons, I guess, is another yeah. one, right? But Ben
3: Simmons is not the same
2: caliber of player as James. Like James Harden is great. I know that, but Ben Simmons was supposed to be. Ben Simmons was drafted to be the next LeBron James. And now bait you couldn't give him away for a second or No, energy. but but
3: he didn't have a he didn't have a decade like James Harden had. I mean yeah,
4: like, I think also not on the same level, but Wentz is someone who just like no I mean he just signed with the Rams, but like no one wants anything to do with him as a starter. It's pretty good. Uh, and he had a pretty high ceiling at one point. For sure.
2: Brandon, you got one? He was gonna say Wentz too. So yeah. I but mean, Carson Wentz didn't quit on any teams. James Harden has quit on three. Yeah. No, no. Harden. I mean, that's the reason I brought it up, because I still believe (laughs) I believe it is him. um, And we will have that and plenty of other NBA notes as we continue here this morning. We got to talk about a little bit about the NBA. We got to talk about what happened last night. I, I will tell you, I think one of the NBA's biggest, most controversial and most volatile stars is about to have the book thrown at him so hard that I don't know when we will see him again. I'll explain next. This is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Now, let's talk about the
0: play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And...
1: Greeny, the podcast.
2: All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So many ways we can spend time together. You can listen on the ESPN app. You can listen on SiriusXM Channel 80. You can listen to the podcast. Both hours available every single day, wherever you get your podcast. It's called Hashtag Greeny. You can also watch us on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for Hashtag Greeny, and we hope that you will enjoy. So lots of different ways we can spend Time together, you and me and the hashtag crew. Speaking of the crew, uh, time for Hembo Knows.
1: Jumping into the numbers. numbers. This is Hembo Knows.
3: Give me some basketball stuff tonight. Really good slate of NBA games tonight. Two games on ESPN. I'm going to give you bets that I myself am making on my ESPN bet app. Greenie, I'm playing the under 225.5 total points in Celtics Sixters. Under 225.5 the total has gone under in nine of the last 12 times these teams have played each other. The Sixers are playing their second game in as many days. Take the under in this game tonight. That, that's our game tonight on ESPN, right? It is. Yep. And I'm also playing LeBron James over 23.5 points against Sacramento. He's exceeded that total in each of his last seven games against the Kings. LeBron only played 22 minutes last night against Memphis. He'll be juiced up and ready to go. He'll breeze past the number 23 and a half points for LeBron tonight against Sacramento. All
2: right, I like it. And those are both our games tonight. We have them both for you on ESPN. And then, uh, I don't know, when do the Warriors play again?
3: Uh, stand by. Well, whenever
2: it is, don't expect to see Draymond Green on the court. Tomorrow night, they're doing the, uh, they're on NBA TV against Oklahoma City. The book is going to get thrown at Draymond. I assume that by now you have seen what happened last night. A skirmish... In the first two minutes of a game between the Warriors and Timberwolves, no points had been scored. The score was zero to zero when there's a skirmish around midcourt that involves Clay Thompson. And into the fray comes Rudy Gobert, among others, to try and break things up. And Draymond Green, at least in, uh, Marcus Spears, explained to me that what he thinks happened is that the etiquette there is you grab your own guy. You're supposed to grab your own teammates and pull them away. He saw Gobert grab Clay Thompson. And when he saw Gobert grab Clay Thompson, he sprung into action. And he, Draymond, grabbed Rudy Gobert. He didn't just pull him away. He got him in a chokehold. He got him in a headlock. It's not a headlock. It's a chokehold. He was holding him around the neck. And he pulled him. And he, they moved multiple steps, and he just would not let go. So I think that Draymond's initial action, his initial reaction, was um, maybe somewhat reasonable. If he wanted to explain, I didn't mean to grab him the way I grabbed him. I was just trying to pull him off my guy. If he had let go immediately, then I think he might have been able to get away with that. But he's holding on to his throat for so long that there isn't any question he was doing it on purpose. There's no way to say, well, I didn't realize what I was doing. At some point, Rudy Gobert throws his hands up like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, Someone get this guy off of me. This is insane. And when you consider who Draymond is, his history, which does get factored into this stuff, and it should, the question on my screen is, should Draymond Green be suspended? Oh, my goodness. I think he is going to get suspended for a long time. The fact that this happened in one of these in-season tournament games that the NBA takes very, very seriously, I think only adds to it. But I don't think it is – I don't think it actually is um, meaningful because I think under any circumstances, this is going to be a lengthy suspension. I I, I think we're looking realistically at at least five games of a suspension. And Jay Williams – suggested on TV with us this morning that he thinks it could be 10. What do you think of that?
3: I think it's very possible, if not likely. He's, he's been suspended four times in his career. He's paid the NBA a million and a half dollars in fines, and that's all the kind of history that you need. I mean, Joe, do- uh, Joe Dumars, I think, would prefer to, to sort of levy a heavy hand. I mean, last year in the playoffs against Sacramento, they did, and that was highly controversial at the time. I agreed with it then because Draymond Green, uh, he's become unhinged. Like, he's become like a, like a caricature of himself. It's almost like every time that he gets the opportunity to prove how much of a villain he is, he likes to. Now, candidly, I think it's kind of good for basketball that there's someone that's willing to act this way and do so, I think, pretty intentionally, and it creates good drama and all of that. But if you're in, in the league, you can't let people get away with this. I, I think a 5-10 a to 10 game suspension is on the table and wholly appropriate for the ridiculous action that he took last night. Why
2: do you think Bob's?
1: Sorry, I was talking to someone else.
2: <laughs> it's this guy's fault. So, what you're saying is that you are not paying attention to our conversation. You don't even know what we're talking. Oh, well, I know about. you're talking about the Draymond and should he get suspended and on villains. I'm aware of the topic. No, we hadn't even gotten to villains yet. Right. We, we hadn't even gotten to that. Well, you're only saying that because you're reading it on the screen. Well, no, it doesn't, you know that's say, what it doesn't we're say villains. It's in the doc. It's in the doc, that's my point, is that he read in the doc. That's the reason you're saying that, because you were literally not listening to us at all. Well, I just said you're talking about Draymond, and should he get suspended? What do you want me to say? Right, so should he? <laughs> of course he should get suspended. How much should he get suspended for?
1: I would say 10 games seems reasonable. Okay. I mean, you're putting someone in a chokehold like that, that's, you, can't, you can't do that. I mean, that's, that was ridiculous. If, if fill-in-the-blank
3: NBA player had done this, how long do you think the suspension would be? He Maybe drug him like
2: half the length of the floor. A player with no, no priors. priors. Mm-hmm. I think that no priors would, would, would be multiple games. I, I think you'd be looking at two or three. Yeah, And I think you're going to be looking at ten. As well it should be. I mean, this is like, this is like
3: targeting in college football. <laughs> this is an egregious thing. He, it, was so, it was so prolonged. And because it's him, I, I think that they will very likely send a message.
2: Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you really have to see it to believe it. Because all right, we're showing again here, one two three four five like a a good five seconds that's not slowed down that was real time i'm sorry to count it on the air but i wanted to get him he's he's he is holding on because the, the the up close uh video of it that we're seeing is slowed down but the real life version of it is, it's it's a good five seconds, and he's dragging him across the floor.
4: And it's the the only reason he stopped is because someone made him stop. Like he would have been still been choking him now. It if someone looked did like stop something him.
2: you would see in WWE. Yeah, right. It looked like something you would see in 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 staged professional wrestling, which is what he
3: wants to be. Like that's what Draymond Green wants to be. Like he does the podcast. He he's like heel. He likes the he likes the celebrity of it all. And I think like the the Draymond Green the player is brilliant like one of the best role players of all time but this is just nonsense I mean this is again he's he's a caricature of Draymond Green at this point he's a Draymond Green tribute band and
4: I'm just not here for it
2: what do you think Cam
4: remember last year when he stomped on DeMontis Sabonis and people were like well I don't know if he did it on purpose like this isn't even like a benefit of the doubt thing he's choking him for (laughs) for five ten seconds or however long I think it was ridiculous that people even suggested that he didn't stomp on Sabonis on purpose last year. I think five games will probably be it, but I wouldn't be shocked to see longer.
2: You know, I think not enough attention is paid. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. You realize that Draymond Green changed the course of basketball history forever with one of these. Right? Draymond Green kicking a man in the ding-ding in the NBA Finals completely changed the course of history if he doesn't do that think of all the things that happen that year the warriors who won 73 games wind up beating cleveland in five and that's what would have happened i don't care what anybody else says they would have beaten the cavaliers in five they would have finished off in style their 73 win championship they would have staked a claim to being the greatest single-season team in the history of the NBA, and then they would never have traded for Kevin Durant or assigned Kevin Durant. You would never have signed Kevin Durant and changed up the team to the degree they did off a 73-win championship season. It wouldn't have happened. So everything we've seen, who knows if Durant would have stayed in Oklahoma City? Who knows what would have happened? What I'm saying is everything changed, and we somehow just kind of let it go. Like, well, you know, that's Draymond. You know, I don't know. Look, there's so many things about him I like. He's a self-made player. You watch him play at Michigan State, you would never have believed he was going to be in the NBA at all, much less become a Hall of Famer, which he definitively is, and a core member of one of the great um, uh, dynasty teams ever. I think he's the second
3: most important person on the dynasty. The second most.
2: I mean, yeah, we could we could quarrel over that because I, sometimes I think Clay's contributions to things have been a little bit understated as well. I mean, Clay won them games by himself at times when they needed them. Like, at the early era of that dynasty, like that seventy three win team was going to lose to OKC. Mm-hmm. The Durant led OKC team. And in the second half of Game Six on the road, when when Steph could not throw a ball in the ocean, look up the numbers on that game. Clay Thompson won that game by himself. I think he had
3: forty five. I'll, I'll pull up the game log. Game
2: now. six, that would have been of twenty whatever year that is. Sixteen. 16? Well, game six in Oklahoma City of the of the of the conference semifinals. Game six Clay. What did he do? Give me Steph's numbers in that game first. Oh, I'll pull, up the, so, so, pull up the box score in that game. I, yeah, give me one second then, because okay. I have plays the game log up here. Yeah, but, but if you pull up the box score of so, that game.
3: Yeah, so I'm looking here, and Steph had, in that game, he had, Steph had 31 points. Mm-hmm. On, on what shooting? On uh, 41% shooting. Okay. Um, Clay Thompson had 41 points in 40 minutes. He went 14 of 31. Most importantly, he went 11 of 18 from three. Three,
2: and three, And it was all in that second half, yeah. and they
3: were about to get beat. In the second half, he had 25 points on 15 shots, 7 of 10 from three. I mean, that, that was his with, magnum opus. With their opens.
2: season on the line. Sure. Season over, if he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, Draymond kicked the man in the ding-ding, and that was the end of that championship, and we would think about it all differently.
4: And then he kicked him in the ding-ding.
2: So then there's another question here that was foreshadowed by Bubba, which is about villains in sports. There's a reason why wrestling is so popular because if you could take sports and you could write a script, you would never have a bad game. (laughs) You would never have an uninteresting event. You would have nothing but magnificent drama every single day and night. And if you look at how they do that, they do it following the oldest formula in the world. They've been doing this in motion pictures since the 1920s. They've been doing it on stage Since the dawn of time, you have two people that are critical. You need a protagonist and an antagonist. You need a hero and a villain. You need Superman and you need Lex Luthor. And the question is, is Draymond Green invaluable to basketball because he fills that role? Because the Warriors have given you both. When you watch the Warriors, who've been the dominant team in the sport for the last decade, they've had one guy that everybody loves. Everybody loves Steph Curry. People who hate the Warriors love Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the most popular player in the NBA since Michael Jordan. Maybe Kobe. Let me rephrase that. He's the most popular in the NBA since Kobe Bryant, for sure. Much more popular than LeBron James, I think. I'm not saying he's a greater player than LeBron James. I think he is a more popular, more universally beloved, has fewer detractors, fewer haters, all that kind of stuff. He is universally beloved. And Draymond Green is basically universally be hated. The only people who don't hate him are Warriors fans. And I think that is a magnificent combination. You've got it all in one. You've got it all wrapped up in one. I was in Boston for the NBA Finals in two years ago, so 20, whatever the first year I did the league was, 21, in the, in the spring of, uh, well, I guess it would have been the spring of 22. The year the Warriors won the championship. The year the Warriors won the championship. And all three games in Boston, of which the Warriors won two, including they wrapped it up in that game six, the crowd never once stopped chanting three words. The second one of them was the word you, And the third one of them was the word Draymond. Mm, 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 I'll mm. let you guess what the first word was. Mm, 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 Nonstop. Start to finish. And you know who loved it? He did. In the meantime, they're cheering Steph Curry while he's mocking them. He's like making that little, oh, I'm I'm putting them to sleep thing, putting them to his head. But because he kind of looks so adorable doing it, no one hates him. But Draymond is the perfect villain. So I actually think Draymond has served a purpose. There's been a value to this. Again, no one is condoning grabbing a man around the neck and pulling him around for 10 minutes because that's or 10 seconds because that's, <coughs> excuse me, it is it is not only completely inappropriate but it's obviously at least to some degree dangerous. Um, but I think Draymond Green is is playing his role.
3: Perfect. It's so funny because you know the the Splash Brothers is is one of the most famous nicknames in sports, and and those guys I think are beloved, and Steph most of all. <laughs> but between Steph and Draymond, I think that's actually the more valuable tandem, and they're kind of like you know Doctor Jekyll and and Mr Hyde in some sense. And the other thing that has to be said is that they play together as well and as beautifully as as any tandem. I mean, watching them, watching the Warriors play with those guys on the floor, is poetry in motion. And because Steph is so good he can cash the checks that Draymond can write. Because if Draymond was playing on any other team with any other superstar, any other circumstance, he's not a Hall of Famer. And then he can't get away you know, acting a fool the way that he does. And that's the genius of that uh, of that tandem.
2: They're also a beautiful, to your point, I'll expand on it, a beautiful team to watch. So right now, I mentioned that our, our book is, is they're, they're putting it on special um, right now for the holidays and um, our book, Got Your Number, which came out this spring. And, and if you are interested, you can go to the pin to the top of my Twitter page at ESPN Green. You'll see a link, special order offers for anywhere you want to order it from. We are now working on what will be our second book. And I'm going to give away a little bit of what is in it, because I write about the, the Steph Curry impact on the sport. And I write about my father. My, almost everything I learned about sports, I learned from my dad. And I can still hear his voice in my head sometimes when I think about sports and when I'm watching. And my dad would have been so conflicted on the Steph Curry Warriors because my dad hated the three-point shot. (laughs) You did a question today for us for trivia about three-point shots, and I can still hear him. Did you ever meet my father with a gravelly voice? My dad, Michael, this is not what the game was intended to be. The, the object of basketball is to pass the ball around and get the best possible shot as close to the basket as you can. That's what basketball is. I can still hear him say that. He was against the three-point shot to his dying day, but he would have loved the way the Warriors play basketball, loved. My mom loves watching them play, and she's as old school a fan, as, you know, as old a head as you can be and all that kind of stuff. And she loves watching them play because of the ball movement, the distribution, all the stuff they do that is old school basketball. They're just doing it further away from the basket. My father would not have been able to tolerate it. My mother cannot watch James Harden just iso passing the ball. Everyone else get out of the way. Dribble, 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 dribble do something Fall, you know, pull back, try and take it to the hole and, and, and dive and dish uh, the step back threes. It, it's not it's not it's not the game. It's not a game. It's just a person doing something, and that's unwatchable. So the Warriors are a fascinating—for older basketball fans, I think the Warriors are a fascinating team because they play a beautiful style. They just do it in a way that no one would ever have thought to do it before because the rule changed.
3: I think Steph Curry is the second most impactful player in the NBA history from that standpoint, behind only Wilt Chamberlain, who they had to effectively create rules for. Greeny, and Steph's first season— The per-game team average was six threes a game on 18 attempts in the NBA. And the year in which he broke the three-point record, it was straight-up double. 12.4 threes a game on 35 attempts. Steph Curry, the 6'3 kid from Davidson, 165 soaking wet in college. Like, changed the geometry, changed the math of basketball forever.
2: By the way, I'm going to show you a picture of me standing next to Steph Curry, and then I want you to tell me that he's 6'3". Okay? I just, I'm just, that's all I'm saying i'm going to show you a picture of me and steph curry standing next to each other and then i want you to tell me how tall you think he actually is okay fair enough because you know how tall i am mm-hmm. uh, you're going to hear from deon sanders coming up and he's got some interesting things to say as well that's after this from granger for the ones who get it done granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer call click
1: Greeny,
2: the podcast. Greeny When I worked in Bristol, there was a little area in the calf where you would get snacks and put them in a plastic bag. When you came up, they would wave them, and that's how they would charge you. And one time, the guy behind the thing said to me, oh, Mr. Greenberg, you're going to have to put your nuts on the scale. I could not continue. I said to him, how do you expect me to go back to work now? Like, I'm supposed to host Sports Center tonight after you just told me to put my nuts on the scale?
0: If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have
2: a Merry Christmas. This is Greeny. It's a hundred percent true story. Dana Jacobson was with me. You know Dana. She's now at CBS, but she worked at ESPN for years. And we were anchoring together that night. And we went over there to get something to eat before we were going to go do the show. And the guy just looks at me with a straight face. Who says that? Honestly, when Mm -hmm. you are, if you ever have like, if you have nuts, and I eat a lot of nuts. I like, I put them in my breakfast every morning. All that kind of stuff. You do eat a lot of nuts. You have to be very careful with the way you say it, right? Like it's just going to come out funny. You can't, you, you just have to phrase it in a particular way. Like, would you ever say you need to put your nuts on the scale? I mean, uh, you wouldn't yeah, say I that. I would
3: say that because my mind is in, in the gutter, like, like not, yours it, clearly no gutter. is.
2: There is no gutter. There's nothing, I'm, I'm not, it's not a sexual content or anything like no, that. No, it's not sexual. Well, it, I mean, it kind no, of is. I, it, just, it just is it's exactly what it like. It could be. Like. Oh, come on. Now that you open up this can of worms. You're, you're not telling me, you're telling me that that would not be the first thought that you had in your mind, if a guy looked at you and said, "Excuse me, Mr. Hembo, but you're going to have to put your nuts on the scale." No, Mr. Paul.
3: no, most definitely not. I would, I would say, like, oh, I didn't realize we were weighing
1: my nuts today. Bubba, <laughs> Bubba, I mean, what? Yeah, I would be thrown off. I think the question is, do you think he said it on purpose because he thought he knew it would be no funny? no way? There's no or do you way in the think- world- he he. That's just his normal way of talking because he, he has
2: to always weigh the nuts. No, I think it's just, <laughs> he has to always weigh the nuts. Right. I think that I think that he just didn't realize. Well, I guess maybe he could have just said that. Like everybody's got to put because <laughs> if he was
3: thinking scale. if he was thinking it the way that you were thinking of it, he couldn't have said so
4: with a straight face. Uh, he might he might be uh, he, he might be so, he, he used does to it, it every day.
2: He might say that so often. Yeah, he practices line for a while. So that it was one. just like his little running joke. Huh. Like he's got that little that's his shtick
4: you got to keep yourself entertained somehow
2: you know what i'm talking about i, I mean i, I know. think that's a I, I get it like don't worry I, I i get the joke all right let's drive ourselves off this picture i'm sorry what, what? i'm sorry
0: what i'm sorry what
2: are we buying deon sanders when he says he's not going to texas a&m in fact he didn't even really say that deon sanders the, uh, the minute that they fired what's his name jimbo fisher who walks away with $76 million. It's impossible to fathom. It's a lot of nuts. <laughs> but true, yeah. Um, Dion's name comes up. And, I mean, Danny brought it up on, with us on TV on Monday, and, and others have and will as well. Stephen A. brought it up to Stephen A. He liked it. So it's going to get to Dion. When asked by potential recruits, might you leave Colorado, this is his response.
1: I'm here. Like I, I tell them my mother's here, my sister's here, my dog is here, my daughter's here, three of my sons are here. My other daughter comes at, during every home game. We're here. I get mailed here. I claim taxes here. I pay taxes here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I don't hear that. I don't hear that. Maybe our recruiting staff hears it, but I, I don't hear it. I'm too honest, not, you know, with parents, and I'm, I'm going to tell them the truth.
2: Okay, so the only thing he didn't say in those 28 seconds is if Texas A&M offers me a job, I'm not interested in taking it. And look, Deion Sanders perfectly illustrates what college football has now become. He is college football 3.0. It is now the wild, wild west. And everyone goes into it knowing that. And so long as the players no longer have the ridiculous restrictions in their ability to move from place to place that they used to, then I have no problem with this. Deion in any given year might find a better opportunity, and I will not fault him for taking it because every one of his players might find a better opportunity, and I won't fault them for taking it, and every player on his team might be replaced at any given moment by a better opportunity. That's what this has become. College football has become a professional sport in every conceivable way. So I don't have any issue with it. If he decides he wants to go to Texas A&M, Again, if his players had been stuck and unable to move around upon the departure of their coach, as had been the case for 100 years, I would have screamed and yelled and stood on the table. But that's no longer the case. What's good for the goose is now good for the gander, so I'm fine with it.
3: And Deion Sanders would, to be very clear, out-earn whatever contract Texas A&M gave him or anyone else gave him. I'm reading here, Greeny, an article from USA Today in which they describe a conservative estimate that they've compiled that includes the increase in football ticket sales and donations and other miscellaneous increases and estimated value of media exposure for the university since he got there. And the estimate is $280 million. Deion Sanders prints money for your university. If Texas A&M gave him $100 million, $200 million, he would, make a, he would make up for it
2: in one year. But here's the problem, though, is that at Colorado because of the history, the expectations, and everything else. The fact that, what is he, won four games or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, and they had won one game a year ago, and that's going to be fine, and that act won't run out for a while. Like, they'll be excited about him for a while. In the SEC, they'll be really excited when he gets there. I agree with you. He'll make them a bunch of money quickly. But if they don't win, it doesn't matter who it is. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they would run Nick Saban out of there in two years. They just they, ran they out his protege. It. Right. They just ran out Jimbo Fisher and paid him seventy-six million dollars to go away. They're so desperate to win games, and and so the Dion cult of personality, which is a big, is a real thing. I agree with you. I do not think would have the same longevity in that scenario as it does where he is i think he's in the perfect place for for di
1: i don't have any issue what, if he does leave but i have a, for that soundbite we just heard was that supposed to imply like he's not? I don't. Know, I didn't even get what he was saying. Like because he gets mail delivered to Boulder, <laughs> because his 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 mom goes to the games, that means. I, or was he saying he he can't leave her? He can leave because if those were his reasons of why he can't leave,
4: you know, you can't redirect. Mail yeah, all these the
1: because he pays taxes. His sister flies into a game eight times a year. I I would not count on those being the. I don't know. I was surprised by those being. There. I have no problem if he leaves, but I don't know. I just was confused by those being his reasons.
2: Well that's what I, I said. He didn't say I'm not going. It was a perfect Dion. Yeah, I mean
1: conversely, Dan Lanning for Oregon said there's a zero percent chance I love it. I'm leaving. So I'm taking that to mean he's definitely gone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite time of year. In that sport. Yeah, I don't know why anyone ever in that sport says there's ever a zero yeah, percent chance of anything. Unsolicited advice for coaches don't say zero percent chance.
3: I'll tell you the job that I think he would take and Who's would he? be for Deion Sanders. Michigan. I think if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan to the NFL, like th- wow. there are scant few jobs that he, I think he would actually leave Colorado for,
2: but I think that's one of them. Be fascinating. I mean, I, I, th- that would be endlessly interesting. I do believe this will be Jim's last year in Michigan regardless of how this plays out. Wh- whether they whether he gets reinstated in the courts, whether they win the national championship, whether they beat Ohio State, my if I had to bet on it right now, I would bet that Jim is coaching an NFL team next year. Dion to Ann Arbor would be a fascinating turn of events. See you tomorrow on ESPN radio.
1: Thanks for listening to greenie, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch greenie on get up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.